From LifeStance Health, this is the LifeStance Podcast. On this episode, LifeStance clinician Kristen McGregor talks with us about navigating fertility issues. Because social support can be incredibly helpful. And sometimes when you start talking about this, you never know. Like your your neighbor or your friend may have actually experienced the same thing, but also Mm. felt like they couldn't talk about it with anyone either. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining the Life Stance podcast um, hosted by myself, Dwight Thompson, and Nikki Lanza. Really excited today um, to have our guest, Kristen McGregor, joining um, to give us a really, really important conversation, a conversation centered around um, an issue so many folks struggle with. Um, and I really just, you know, after conversations with you, Kristen, I don't think we could have picked anyone better. So Kristen, welcome. And would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Dwight. Um, I'm really happy to be here. Um, I am a health psychologist. I recently joined Life Stance in April of this year. Um, UMass Memorial Medical Center, which is a large medical center in central Massachusetts, where I was um, working in their reproductive endocrinology clinic. So I'm, I'm really happy to be here to talk about it. We appreciate it. Um, And, you know, our conversation today centered around um, infertility and some of the struggles that families deal with um, and women deal with when when they're facing the challenges of infertility. So, you know, a a super um, it's a difficult topic, but it's it's an important conversation. It's important also, I think, um, for folks to kind of feel a sense of community um, when facing something like this. So, um, I mean, with that being said, would you mind, you know, kind of some of the basics I'm talking about, you know, really just, you know, it's as simple as it is, um, kind of what infertility is to you and what are some of the things that, you know, some of the signs that women may face um, with this? Uh, Fertility is something that many, many women and couples um, experience. And it's also unfortunately something that no one really talks about. And so can be an incredibly isolating experience. Um, And so typically by the time people get to me, um, they will have likely been trying to have a baby for months, probably years um, at this point. And um, people got to me at at really any point in the the process. Some were, you know, just sort of starting their assessment and some were well into their their treatment process. but uh, the, the bottom mm-hmm. line is that it is an incredibly stressful and a very um, isolating experience for people. Sure. So, Kristen, can you tell us a little bit about how you guide individuals, how you guide couples to? Sure, um, absolutely. So um, it, typically people were referred kind of at the discretion of their doctor, but usually it was because they were maybe experiencing something really difficult, like um, maybe they had gotten to the IVF process and were nervous about starting. Maybe they had gone through several rounds of IVF and had not been successful. Um, Maybe, unfortunately, they had a pregnancy loss. And so um, typically uh, providers would would determine um, who might benefit. Um, And so I would meet with folks um, really just to get a sense of how they're doing, what's been difficult about the process, what their pregnancy journey has been like, 
thus far um, and where they sort of are um, in the process and how they feel like they've been managing. Um, fertility, a, a lot of people don't know kind of what the treatment entails, but mm -hmm. fertility is really labor intensive um, process. The assessment um, can be very grueling and challenging and lots of lots of blood work and lots of ultrasounds and, and things like that. And the treatment is really no different. Um, people, if they're going through an IVF cycle are often giving themselves injectable hormones once, twice, several times per day. Um, always at the same time, they're having to go in to the clinic um, for blood work usually daily during um, this time. They're going in for ultrasounds, um, internal ultrasounds um, every few weeks and often they're doing this um in secret so sure. their families might yeah. not know their you know job might not know that they're doing this and so um it's incredibly stressful and so really just talking about um you know how do you feel like you're managing um what has this been like for you um who knows in your life like that that was a really big question um have they been supportive? Uh, do they know what to say? Uh, these types of things. And so usually that's where we start is just getting a sense of like, how, like, how are you? You know, like how, yeah. how is this really going? Yeah. yeah that's such a good point. Go ahead, Dwight. Go ahead. Well, you know, I was going to say, um, you know, something when you talk about how labor intensive it is, um, you know, and, and folks trying to have a baby and trying to be really in like the best state possible to, you know, not only just from a health perspective, but a mental perspective to, you know, to get pregnant and successfully, you know, carry a child. I, I, I wonder so much about, you know, like you said, it's so labor intensive. It's so trying. Um, it's so lonely, too. Mm -hmm. um, what are what are kind of the discussions centered around? Although it's so difficult, you do almost have to be very mindful of maintaining sort of a, a good, you know, a healthy state of mind um, just for, you know, your own well-being. Um, as a, you know, as a mom? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, and a couple things. So um, interestingly, this is, this is also a process where people feel incredibly out of control. Um, mm. Like nothing is really feels in their control. And so um, people do actually, it's, it's really common for people to want to hone in on the things that they can control. And often those are things like dietary changes or um, physical activity or implementing various self-care options like acupuncture or massage or, or things like that where there's actually some data to support um, uh, improvement in fertility with, with these types of things. So um, it kind of kills two birds with one stone where people can sort of hone in on feeling in control of, of some of these things. And then there's the added benefit of you're taking care of your body. And so sure. that that's certainly a place um, where we often start because you get a lot of bang for your buck for making, making some changes like that, where you get some improvement in well-being, um, feeling of autonomy. Um, and you know, it's always, it's always good to eat well and it's always good to, um, you know, move, move your body and things like that. So those are added benefits as well. Um, so it's, it's definitely a, a, a good place to start on the self-care and, um, mm -hmm. and as, as you likely know, um, self-care is more than that too. Right. And so sure. um, often the secondary goal is like, 
how do you live your life and do this at the same time? Like, how do you not lose yourself in this process? And how do you remember that like, you're more than just a person who's trying to have a baby. You're also maybe a wife and a friend and a daughter and a, um, a teacher or a, you know, insert job here. And so reminding people and helping them remind themselves that um, there's more than just this, which also is helpful sometimes to like reacquaint one with oneself. So I, I just want to emphasize again the isolation that one must feel as they're navigating this whole process. Are there some things that you would recommend not to say to a couple or an individual who might be navigating infertility? Sure, absolutely. It's a it's a great question, and um, I think one of the reasons that this is an isolating experience people don't talk about it. But I think people don't talk about it for the very reason that you're expressing is that um, sometimes people have do learn that when they do open up, um, they're often met with things like unsolicited advice that is maybe not so helpful, or people don't quite know what to say. And so try to, or try to be helpful or well meaning and, and maybe say things that are accidentally harmful. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, uh, I guess I, I have advice for people who are being supported and I guess I have advice for people who are supportive. So for the, for the support folks, um, for people in their life, um, first and foremost, uh, if someone's maybe been partnered or married to someone for several years and you think that they're going to have a child and they haven't yet, please don't ask. Mm-hmm. Um, please don't ask people if they're planning to have a baby and when, um, please don't point out that, um, People would make great parents. Um, that's a wonderful thing to say to somebody, but it can be harmful sometimes if mm-hmm. people are maybe ex- actively trying to have a baby, even are not going through fertility, but actively trying to have a baby or maybe just had a pregnancy loss or something like that. And so when in doubt, just don't ask. So that's number one, <laughs> I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing I would say is um, try to steer clear from any type of advice giving such as um if you just calm down it'll happen why don't you just go on vacation you'll come back pregnant um I know that when I stopped trying that's when that happened for me um again like it's well-meaning but it can be it can be very harmful especially if people have been trying for years and years and years um and also there's some self-blame that's associated with like oh well maybe if i was less stressed out this would actually happen for me or maybe they think that this is all in my head um Um, which is is not so helpful um when in doubt just say wow that sounds really stressful or i'm here for you if you want to talk about it um (laughs) those those types of of things and then i think for folks that are maybe experiencing infertility and want support around it, um, I think it's helpful to remember that there are some people who are incredibly good at sitting next to you and not saying anything and just letting you cry or or whatever. Um, And some people are not good at that. Um, And so this is your news to share and it's up to you who you think are maybe safe folks who are really good at that emotional support. I, you know, people who try to solve your problems um, because they don't feel comfortable with the emotion. Um, those are maybe people that might be less helpful um, in, a, in an instance like this. Um, 
So I guess I, I would say I certainly wouldn't recommend telling everyone. And I guess I wouldn't recommend telling no one either um, because social support can be incredibly helpful. And sometimes when you start talking about this, you never know, like a, your, your neighbor or your friend may have actually experienced the same thing, but also mm. felt like they couldn't talk about it with anyone either. And so right. you learn a lot when you start to talk. Sounds like, you know, you don't want to totally isolate yourself and not share with anyone. But if you are choosing to share, be selective in who you're choosing to share. Um, choosing people who you know can be helpful, who can maybe just sit in the silence of it and just, you know, be there with you per se as you're struggling. So, no, great advice. Great advice, Kristen. Yes, sure. it is. So, Kristen, what... Um... Tell us a little bit more. I mean, you, you know, you, you, you can tell how passionate you are about this. Um, what, what sort of drew you to um, supporting folks in, in this realm and, and getting involved in, in this kind of area? Yeah, um, it's interesting, actually. Um, I trained at the VA, um, so I barely saw women ever. Um, which is really interesting. And then when I took my first job right out of um, fellowship, there there was a need in the, in the fertility clinic for um, a psychologist. And I um, had several friends and colleagues that had done this work before and really enjoyed it. And so um, I said yes and gave it a shot and you know learned everything I could about um, what the fertility treatment process is and you know read up on what people tend to struggle with and, and things like that and I learned um, I love this work um, I was sort of in the reproductive age myself and so working with women that were of similar age to me and similar sort of life um, life area um, sure. and realizing how intense and difficult this much be for people who also have high pressure jobs and also are trying to sort of you know find their place in in adulthood and make money and also want to grow their family and had a life plan that is has just imploded on them um i i really felt um like this was really rewarding work um the other thing that was really i think special about this work too is that um no matter how hard it gets, um, this is a crisis that ends. Um, and I think we as therapists, we don't see that all the time. You know, people often have these chronic lifelong difficulties with things and like, this will end somehow. Hopefully mm -hmm. it's with a child or two, if, if that's what families want. But even for folks who maybe choose to adopt or choose to live child free, um, mm -hmm. This is something that will be in the in the rear view eventually, um, and so remembering and helping people through this kind of temporary crisis, knowing that this yeah. will actually get better, um, is really really rewarding um, from a from a therapy standpoint. Um, and yeah. I think that's huge. I think that's such a good point because uh, when you're in it, it, it feels like it's going to be forever. And so gentle reminder that this, there will be an end to this. You will see it in your rear view mirror, like you said. I think that's, that's great. That's a good way to help them reframe it a bit. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, Kristen, you mentioned something there, actually, um, that I think I would love to hear you expound on a little bit. Uh, you mentioned like so this life plan getting getting flipped on your head. Um, mm. I know. I mean, this issue is is this issue is so important to me, um, and I think that is something that is kind of the. Um, it's just so shocking because you know you do kind of you don't no one no one growing up thinks they're going to run into this issue. You know, you have this right. sort of life plan. There's just this mm -hmm. kind of societal expectation. You know, you'll get married, you'll have kids, what have you. 
Um, and then you do run into this issue that you never really could foresee. Um, what, what sort of advice would you give to people um, in that aspect of sort of like setting expectations and um, being ready to, you know, kind of deal with whatever life throws at you? I know that's such a broad, uh, loaded question, but um, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're absolutely right. And uh, that is what's so hard about this for so many people is that it's shocking. I mean, unless you have a medical diagnosis um, where you know you'll need to do this eventually, or um, you're in a same-sex relationship where you know that this will be part of the plan if you want to grow your family, mm-hmm. um, nobody goes into life thinking that they're going to need a doctor to help them have a baby. Um, and so, and often... Um, people have a life plan that often includes deadlines. You know, I think a lot of people will do things like, well, I'd like to be married and have my first baby by the time I'm 30, or I'm going to do graduate school. And then right after that, I'm going to, I'm going to start trying to have a baby. And so, um, especially for people who are really driven folks who are really goal oriented, it feels like a failure in some ways where you like, when you don't meet your deadline, um, Mm -hmm or where you don't sort of accomplish the thing you want to accomplish or accomplish the thing that like other people seem to do with ease. Um, And so that is a very large theme um, for people that are going through this process. Um, And I think as, as a therapist, I often just kind of help people grieve because that's really Mm -hmm. what it is. It's it's grieving what you thought was going to be. That is not. Right. Um, and so it really is a grieving process. And I think conceptualizing like that is, is really helpful for people because this is a loss. It's not like the loss of a person necessarily. It's the loss of what could have been or what right. you wanted it to be. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess, I guess that's how I would, how I would yeah. answer that question is sort of allowing yeah. the grief to happen. Sure. That um, is, that is spot on. Mm-hmm. All right, so Kristen, for those who are trying to navigate this process and they're in social situations where they're, they're maybe invited to a baby shower or you know maybe a family member just had a baby and it's just still maybe them feeling really raw, how, how would you, rec- you know, what would you recommend how they would be able to navigate those situations, those social situations? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, social, social situations are one of the hardest things for people who are going through this process for like all the reasons that you just said, Um, you know, people, it feels like every single person in the world is having a baby except for them. And it Mm. makes sense, right? Like most people are friends with people who are of their same age group. Um, And so sometimes people are having their second and third baby while you're still trying for your first one. Um, Mm. And so there's just a lot that's associated with um, navigating the world. navigating social situations. And so I would say, um, don't put too much pressure on yourself to be happy for everybody. It's okay if you're not. Um, It's okay if other people's pregnancies make you feel angry or jealous. Um, That's actually really normal. Um, It's also okay to skip those things. It's okay to skip the gender reveal. It's okay to skip okay. a friend's or a family mm-hmm. member's baby shower. You know, I think I think people feel like they need to power through or put on a brave face and like, it's okay. It's okay to avoid those things, especially if it's feeling really raw and really uncomfortable. Um, sometimes what can be helpful for people too is, you know, if you know you're going to go to a wedding or something like that and you know that friend 
you know, Sally is, is six months pregnant and her belly is really going to be hard to look at. Um, give people a heads up that feel like okay. a safe people um, and they can help to sort of defer the conversation to something else or maybe bring you to you know the dance floor or the bar or something like that so that you can um, kind of have an exit strategy sometimes um, it's always good to have a plan going forward and going yeah. into those situations um, and then the last thing I would say is that unfortunately sometimes people just don't know that some questions are not appropriate and so having an answer that feels okay in your head mm-hmm. when you get that mm-hmm. like oh when are you gonna have a baby question um if kind of like an answer a canned response like a, tongue, right yeah, that right you don't even have to think about um mm-hmm. that can be really helpful too so that you feel like armed um and yeah. prepared for that that situation um, and, it, and it gives you some control yes mm-hmm. oh, very true very very true well, I have to say, Kristen, thank you. Your passion, your knowledge is 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 palpable. I can I can feel it, and and so clinicians like you really make it so important the work you do and and everything. So I, I thank you for for joining us today and sharing your knowledge. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I really I really appreciate it. And I'll just uh, I'll give a plug for there's um, a nonprofit organization called Resolve. Um, they're at resolve.org. Um, and they have all kinds of resources there, including lists of things not to say to family members. And they also um, have a list of clinicians that have some knowledge in this area. And so if you're looking for a therapist, that's a good place to start. Well, Kristen, we appreciate it. Um, and yes, just to you know, reinforce what Nikki said, we really appreciate you joining. Um, I think a lot of folks are going to get um, have a lot of takeaways from this. So thanks again. Thanks for having me. Thank you.